My name is Matthew Becker. As the owner of a fitness facility and an attorney, I have a lot of things that I need to get done in a day. I've spent the last few years developing strategies that allow me to constantly move forward while also living the best life that I can live. On this podcast, I share those strategies with you along with other thoughts and ideas that allow you to live your best life through the concept of the aggregation of marginal gains. everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Stronger Revolution. I'm Matthew Becker here by myself once again as Adam Cronbush was unable to join me on today's episode. I mean, I don't understand why uh, he can't just come out on any random afternoon during the weekday and help record a podcast at 2.45. But apparently people have real jobs and they're unable to do so. So you're stuck with just me again for today. Before we get into today's episode on mental toughness, too, I want to back up for a second to a couple episodes ago when we talked about criticism. I was scanning through Instagram last night and I managed to come across a random quote that I'm going to butcher in, in its entirety, but the general gist of the quote was Those who are above you will never criticize you, those who criticize you are below you. Just thought that was a really interesting quote. Now, the quote itself and nothing in the context described what it meant about being above or below you, but I'm assuming that it is just contextualized. So like at work, those who are above you are not the ones who are criticizing you. If they are criticizing you, they are below you as far as your stance is probably concerned in your hierarchy of work. But anyway, thought that was a really interesting quote. It's caused me uh, quite a bit of thought to think about, hmm, Is it true that in some way, in shape, or form, those who criticize me do so because they are below me, whether that be in, I don't know, financial status, business success status, personal goal status, you know, et cetera, et cetera. All right. Anyway, something for you to to think about. Going along with that, I hope over the last week or so, you have been practicing your self-awareness after the first episode in this season or series. Because on this episode, we're going to start to use that self-awareness to begin developing mental toughness. I told you last time, after we develop that self-awareness, we're going to start to get into the juicy stuff on how to really develop mental toughness. So we're going into essentially step one of developing that mental toughness in this episode. So the first step to do that is to determine what values drive your decisions and your actions. This is the first step because you have to have a foundation for the basis of your decisions and what decisions then in turn drive your actions. And those values need to be determined before you hit any sort of given situation so that you have an unbiased and neutral way of, it, of, of experiencing or dealing with some sort of exterior situation. Okay, so what I mean by that is you need to know 
how you want to or how you plan to act before something happens to you. So in other words, let's take getting into traffic as an example. That's probably one that I'm going to use a lot during this series because it's very it's a very easy way to determine how quote unquote mentally tough you are is if you're driving home and you're having a perfectly fine day and all of a sudden you get stuck in traffic and you just lose it. That would be a sign that you're eh, not really that mentally tough. You're allowing some random external situation of which you have absolutely no control over determine how you are reacting or how you're feeling or your mood or your level of happiness or your level of anger, your level of stress. You know, you're allowing that stimulus to determine so much about you. But if you have a particular value, let's say this value is that you try to remain calm in all situations and then you come upon the traffic, you have already determined that value that drives your decisions and your actions before hitting the traffic. And so therefore it's a neutral, unbiased value. It doesn't matter what the external situation is. You're always going to try to remain calm. If you don't have this base of values, as I said, then you're sort of left to react to a circumstance which really is the opposite of mental toughness. So if we're defining mental toughness as sort of maintaining this even keel um, regardless of what happens to you, then reacting at something that is happening to you is the opposite of mental toughness. So how do we determine these guiding values? Great question. One way is to go back in our podcast here to episode number five. And that was an episode in which we talked about how to establish your core values. We talked about things like looking through your life at different values that you found to be uh, things that enhanced your life or values that you always fell upon, you know, like you believe that everybody should be kind or you believe that you should try to accept people or be non-judgmental or always act with responsibility or overcome adversity, you know, those sorts of, of values and that you would then determine what those were. And I said, you, you usually have somewhere between like three to five of those values and that you would rely on those values to answer your questions of what do I do or how do I react in this situation or how do I respond? So I respond in this situation or what is the right thing to do here? You know, if you have a, a family first value, then the right thing to do for you in a given situation is whatever puts your family first. In this episode, I'm going to provide you with another way to determine the values and then how to practice those values in any given situation of your life. All right, so step one. Write down the virtues exhibited by somebody that you respect or the people that you respect. Listing the qualities that you most admire in another person is a really simple and powerful way to start this exercise. Last episode, when we were talking about self-awareness, I told everybody that when you think about self-awareness, think about somebody who you admire or who you respect or who you look up to, and imagine that that person is observing you partaking in some sort of a situation. So, for example, um, 
you know, how would your father, who you really respect and everything else, how would he tell you to, or how would he respond in a certain situation that is currently making you really angry? Now, what you're going to do is you're going to take those individuals who you maybe one or multiple individuals that you wrote down after the last episode, and you're going to list out what value or values you think that person possesses that causes you to respect them. So for example, let's use Adam, my co-host. I might write down something like, I respect Adam because he doesn't just decide what it is that he believes and what he doesn't believe or what is true to him. But he digs around for arguments, supports, and justifications for his beliefs. And then he remains consistent to those beliefs regardless of the challenges. And I respect that. I respect somebody who can support their beliefs and then remains consistent to those beliefs. Keep in mind that these people who you're making a list of or that you've listed out and then now that you're writing out sort of the value or values that, that cause you to respect them, they don't have to be people that you actually know. They don't have to be people who are actually alive. They don't really even technically need to be real people but they have to have exhibited some value that you respect. So for example, on my list, I put down Barack Obama, not because of his politics, right? Leave politics out of this. This is not a political podcast, but I respect Barack Obama because he always came off to me as somebody who constantly looked as though he was calm, relaxed, and under control, regardless of how stressful of a situation he was dealing with, whether that was uh, handling something that was going on in America or trying to protect us or pulling the trigger on hunting down Osama bin Laden. He always just seemed very cool, calm, and collected. And that's something that I really want to do. I always want to be able to maintain this air of cool, calm, and collected, regardless of how stressful the situation seems to be. Additionally, despite how busy he was with the presidency, he always seemed to make time for the small things in life, like stopping in the rose garden at the White House in order to enjoy the roses or spending time dancing with his wife or climbing down on the floor in his suit and tie in order to hang out with children in the Oval Office. And that just always seemed to be qualities that I thought were really admirable in somebody that despite how busy they are, despite how important they are, they could always make time for these little things. Once you're done with step one, go on to step two. So now that you have a list of people in you, or, or you know, it, it doesn't have to be a large number of them. I think when I did this, I came up with about 10 people, but it doesn't have to be. You know, it could be four people, it could be 12 people, you know, whatever, however, however many people come to mind. Once you've written down the value or values that, that cause you to respect them, write down how you're going to now apply those values in your life. So here's another example. When I did this, you know, I wrote down that I respect my wife because she doesn't allow criticism or other people's opinions to determine her actions. And this is something that I struggle with. So I decided that because of the, the values and qualities that she exhibits, I'm going to try to 
stay more confident in the decisions that I make and not assume that just because somebody disagrees with that decision, that it's automatically a wrong decision. Once we have a list of who are, who are, who the people are that we respect, why it is that we respect them, and then what it is that we are going to do to try to exhibit those values in our own life. Step three is then to start mentally rehearsing how you will act more like your role model or imagine yourself following their advice in the beginning in a situation that you know is coming up. So when you start doing this, you might have to use your imagination a little bit in order to drum up a specific situation, probably something that you had experienced in the past. Ideally, I find that this is the most useful when I think of an experience that came up in the past that I wish I would have acted differently. And then I can sit down and either meditate or journal on, okay, if I was reapproached in this situation and I had this situation as a do-over and I wanted to exhibit the value of somebody who can remain much more cool, calm, and collected in a stressful situation than I did at the time, how would I have preferred to have responded to that situation? And then as you kind of get better at this practice, start to apply this to situations that you are facing coming up in the near future. So maybe tomorrow you know, or, or, or next week when you're kind of getting into this practice a little bit more and you've made your list and you've got your values, then you're driving to work that day and you know you're going to come upon a difficult meeting that day at work. What you can do is while you're driving to work, you can sit there and you can think about, okay, I, I, I'm predicting, even though we're terrible at telling the future, I'm predicting that this sort of situation is going to occur during my meeting today at work. Therefore, I'm going to try to be more like my grandfather who always maintained kindness to the other person regardless of how angry the other person was trying to make him. Right Now, now I'm imagining myself, I'm predicting myself acting in that way congruent with those values in hopes that those values start to become more of my own values. Start with small things, with a few little small changes, and then they, you can start to build onto bigger and better things. Maybe the first time you do this, you don't want to think about the really contentious meeting you know that's coming up with a coworker later today. But instead, you think about how you're going to, to treat your secretary or assistant today when they bring you bad news. Something like that. Something that's uh, like really small news. Like maybe they messed up your, your lunch order or something like that. Something really small. I will tell you that when I did this exercise again recently, it was actually an eye-opener to me on why I chose the people that I did on my list and sort of the similarity in the values that they all presented and why it was that I had chosen those people to be on my values list. For example, the majority of the people who I wrote down all exhibited um, the ability to appear relaxed or again, that cool, calm and collected kind of attitude, um, despite my impression, you know, that they are always super busy. Or, you know, it was the quality that this individual puts forth effort in order to always be helpful to other people, 
despite the fact that I know or I believe that these people are super busy. You know, they always then spend time. You know, this was a, this was a quality that I wrote down about my father. My father is was a, a businessman for my entire life. He would get up every morning, he'd go to work really early, and he would come home late at night. Um, but from my father, I learned that despite how successful you are, whether that be monetarily or whatever else, despite how much money you make, despite the kind of life that you live, there are always people who are in need. And you should always take time out of your life to try to help those who are in need. And that's a quality that I want to make as one of my own values. But in the list of people that I made that went along with this values list, there were quite a few people that I felt exhibited that quality. And so I think what you'll find is it's not like you're going to list one person for each quality that you want to exhibit or each value that you want to obtain, but more of you're going to have like three or four people who all exhibit this particular value and then three or four people over here who all exhibit this value. And you're going to start to see that there's a grouping of four to five different values um, that you admire. And as you then start to move these values into your regular life, these are going to be how you start to make decisions. These are going to be how you start to respond to situations. And so that way, you always know how you're going to respond to something before it even happens. That's mental toughness. All right, let's end up with a quote. This quote today comes from Kevin James who is an actor, a writer, and a director of movies. And he said, quote, I had many that were great positive role models and taught me to be a good person and to stand up and to be a good man. A lot of the principles they taught me still affect how I act sometimes, and it's 30 years later. End quote. Guys, sit down and, and, and do this exercise. On the next episode, we're going to talk about how we can utilize this more in our day-to-day -day life and how we can start a practice of reflecting on our values and clarifying how exactly it is they're going to impact our decisions and our actions. Again, starting to get into the more juicy stuff here of mental toughness. I will talk with you guys very soon. Until then, have a great time. And as always, thank you for listening.